Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Uriah here. No Chris tonight, but that's okay. Chris is finishing up some college work, so us old heads are going to talk about basketball <laughs> and set. Isn't that right, Uriah? Hey, who you calling no head? Uh, you old just had head. a birthday? You're, you missed like the last pot, not this past podcast, but the pod, well actually yeah, it would have been the last podcast if we didn't have some technical difficulties, but yeah, you missed a recent podcast because you just turned what 45 now. Yeah. Good memory. And thanks for the shout out. I appreciate it. Made me smile. Um, feel a little older. I feel a little wiser. I shave my mustache off. And I'll say this. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that, that <laughs> knows a thing or two about looking younger than his actual age. Right, man. <laughs> well, here's what I can say. Did something cool over the weekend, not my birthday weekend, but this recent weekend, I had a uh, photo shoot. Oh. Yeah, yeah, photo shoot, and it's related to the Sixers. Basically, my roommate from college was in town. He's a professional photographer. Shout out to Jack Manning, uh, a master behind the lens. Uh, We went into different parts of Philly, and I had my Sixers gear on. Took some photos. I'm going to give you a chance, Lucas, to guess. And you know Philly. Can you name any sites that you think that we took pictures at? Give it a shot. Well, well you got to take a site at the uh, picture of the Liberty Bell, I'm assuming. Close. The Rocky Steps? Yeah. Yeah, the, the art museum. So we went to the art museum steps. Beautiful Sunday. Nice weather. People were out. Had my uh, Embiid jersey on and my Embiid sneakers and took some shots. And I'll give you one more location that you think we shot. Ooh. I don't I, I don't think you want any place historical. Nope, not historical, but Okay. Hint, oh, Sixers. Uh, Wells Wells Fargo, I'm <laughs> yes. assuming. Yeah. yeah. We took we took some shots. It was uh, it's funny because the Flyers were playing that day and like we can't like just roll up inside the parking lot early. Uh so we kind of like double parked outside the stadium and I saw some flyers driving in their fancy cars. Like, uh, I don't know who it was, but clearly it was a player. Um, But yeah, man, I'll I'll share those pictures with you when when I get a chance. For sure, man, for sure. And before we get into it, we just got to talk about fantasy basketball real quick. Uriah is sadly losing to Chris. Uriah, you cannot let Chris win. We will not hear the end of it. Listen, I messed up big time because I sat Joel Embiid by accident the night Uh. that he went off for what 43 points so I, I probably lost 50 50 plus points just by sitting him who are you Shame. playing this week i'm playing sam uh and i'm barely winning right now i was losing at the beginning of the night but right now i'm leading him by like 13 points so i'm hoping for a comeback i i forgot the um sometimes i forget this set my lineups the night before yeah. so um yeah 
And then like I get half like at seven thirty eight o'clock, and I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot to set my lineup. So I have to go oh, in there. That happens. And so I have to go in there and set what I can. But I already lost a few players like Malcolm Brogdon, who ended up having a big night that night. Um, but that's okay. I- I'm coming for you, Sam. You're five and two. <laughs> Sam's got a good I'm, team, and I- I'm like three and four right now. But I'm coming for you. And the was the was that uh, Ro- uh Randy Savage or was that a uh, I think that was I'm coming for you. Is that was that him or was that the uh, 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 Hulk Hogan? Dude, I haven't seen wrestling since I was ten years. See, old. I, I I watched a very small portion of wrestling between the ages of like thirteen through fifteen, and it was mostly ECW. So I am not an expert by any never, stretch. I never got into wrestling, man. I, I it's not there. really my thing, but I mean, for a short time in middle slash high school was. But enough about wrestling. Enough about fantasy basketball. Enough about photo shoots. Well, while they're all great, that's not what we're here for, Uriah. We're here for basketball, and we're here to talk about the two-game series between the uh, Hornets, so let's just jump into that, right? Yeah, let's start out with tonight's victory. The Sixers came out on top, 110-106. to Tight game, pretty much, Lucas, throughout the entire game. And if you look at the team stats, it's pretty much identical across the board. Uh, We look at assists. It was like separation of one assist. Same thing with steals, blocks. They both had four blocks for teams. Fast break points, the same. Points in the paint, though, Lucas. Uh, Charlotte, and you said it off off the air, uh, the the defense of Embiid has been a little off, even though he has been better offensively. But the difference is it was the shots that were made. If we look at the free throws and we look at three-pointers, the Sixers definitely made more of both. If I give you a quick box score of individual players and bead 32 points on 33 minutes, Seth Curry was the second leading scorer. He had 23 points and then Tobias Harris had 18. So Lucas, what were some takeaways you had from this game? Well, first off the refs were just letting them play, man. I thought uh, there was a play. I think it was either near the end of the first or somewhere in the second quarter. Joel was going in for driving from like three free throw line to or the actually three point line to the basket for a dunk. And he when he was going up, Kelly Uber got smacked him right across the face. And let me tell you something, man. Like that's that's I intentional or not, like even if you're going for a ball, that's still a flagrant foul, in my opinion. Like Yeah, he whacked him. Yeah, time. he whacked him pretty good. And so I, I definitely think that, you know, they definitely let the players play a lot. You know, that happened for both sides for sure. But, you know, certainly something there. Uh, we saw at the end of the game where Maxi clearly got, like, destroyed by Kelly Oubre. And, uh, you know, that that helped bring the game closer. Um, yeah, that turnover had almost cost us the game. That well, was- you know what? Like I said, I, I think Maxi got fouled on that. Uh, it is a young point guard, though. So you you got to live with the growing pains there. Probably one of his worst turnover nights of the season he had three, which I would probably say is tied for season high or close to it. Yeah. Um, not usually uncharacteristic for the young point guard. Um, and now he didn't have a strong game. Uh, we, you talked, you alluded that I talked about it. Yeah. Joel's defense, his offense is back, which is fantastic. That's what everybody wants, despite, you know, them being very tough on free throw, you know, not calling ticky tack fouls. Joel's still getting to the line. 19 times this game like it's ridiculous so that just speaks to like the like it's not like joel was getting tic-tac fouls like guys like james harden or 
uh, Trey Young. He's getting them because he's a monster on the inside. They, I, I would say this. I think in terms of being able to draw fouls and being fouled the amount of times that he's getting fouled, we haven't seen a center, and I'm not going to put Giannis in this group because Giannis is a power forward, but we haven't seen a center do this since mm-hmm. Shaq. Granted, Shaq sucked at free throws, so it didn't matter. But <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude to the Hall of nah, Famers. Right. It's, it's right. facts. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, outside of that, the only other takeaway that I – I mean, it was a solid shake game. He had a few timely buckets. I love Drummond's game. I thought, you know what, this is one of those games I, – I will say this. I think this was the most active that I've seen Andre Drummond play all season long. Yeah. He played fast. He played hard couple of lobs which were fantastic to watch he had a, a couple good blocks a steal uh, he had a good block steal here or there and he had the second highest plus minus off the bench with cork Maz leading the way but he had a bad game he laid an egg on offense um outside of that i mean toby had 18 not bad curry showed out at, at the, for the you know hometown which was fine um but yeah, no, th- those were my main takeaways. What about you, Uriah? Anything else that I didn't mention? Well, yeah, there was a player you didn't mention. That was Danny Green. Now, if you look at the stats of the game, he only shot two for six. He was two mm-hmm. for five from three. But in the fourth quarter, when the game was tight and you needed a big shot, Green hit a nice three-pointer. Also, mm-hmm. more significantly, Gordon Hayward was going off all night. I think he led the Hornets with how many points did he have? He had 31 points, 10 mm-hmm. of 18 shooting. But under five minutes to go, who was guarding him? Danny Green. Mm-hmm. And there was one particular play, I know, I know you know what I'm talking about, where uh, Hayward drove and Green slapped the ball down, and it mm-hmm. I think it went off of Hayward, and it was Sixers' ball. Yeah. Then on the final key possession for Charlotte, he was guarding Hayward again, and he yeah. played tight D. And yeah, he Hayward tried him. to drive. He couldn't get anything. Yeah. He couldn't he get any him. separation. He forced him into a bad shot. So we mm-hmm. have to give Danny Green some props for that. And the one thing I, I do want to say is, um, and we we said this a couple weeks ago, actually a week ago, Korkmaz, not a good game at all. He didn't mm-hmm. make a single basket. Yep, later I don't know what's going I think it's more than being streaky, Lucas. I know that's what you've been singing his song. Being yeah something else is going on i think it's fair to say he had one decent game last week which me and chris you know if if we didn't have a corrupted fight i think that's what happened to our last podcast guys we we recorded on sunday it didn't go through i think we had a corrupted file or something happened um but me and chris were talking about it he only had one good game that in that three game stretch and it was just yeah um something's going on and I know it's not in our agenda, Uriah, but I'm going to say this because we talked about it in our agenda. Uh, no, no, not in our last podcast that mm-hmm. I actually published. It's time for Isaiah Joe. Yes. He it's didn't time get to push the, game the button. Tonight. He, didn't he did not. Game. He did not. But let me tell you something. It's time to push that button. Corkmaz, he seems to get his act together whenever he's benched. Mm. Let's bench him for a couple games. See what Isaiah Joe can do in like consistent minutes. I'm curious. I I would vote for that. I, I mm-hmm. would love Joe to get more minutes. Uh, Thibel, your boy Thibel did not have a good night shooting, but defensively, I mean, 
honestly, it just was not a super big impactful game in terms of like steals or blocks. But yeah, he's he's been down with his defense uh, the past couple games. I don't know if it's teams have figured him out or. I think he's making more fouls. He's making some boneheaded plays. Maybe, maybe, maybe the refs are just calling him tighter now. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, let's go to the other Hornets game that was earlier this week, Uriah. Uh, actually, I have one more question. Oh, yeah. Go, uh, yeah, go for it. It's, um, I don't know if I added it. So, Lucas, before we move on to the previous game on Monday, uh, we know that the Sixers won both games. But if LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier play both games. Mm-hmm. How do you think that turns out? For the Hornets? Well, they're also missing Miles Plumley and uh, eh, Plumley's not that. He's not it, Ish Smith. They're player. they're without Ish Smith as well, who's eh, a quality backup. Yeah. Um, they played Gordon Hayward at point guard. Okay, that's how thin. That's how depleted right, they I'll were. Give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, so do you think they win at least one or? I think they could win both. Honestly, I think the Hornets won healthy hmm. our top six team in the East. I think they, they're starting to prove that. They have really good depth. The, Miles Bridges is having a breakout season. He's my early candidate for, you know, most improved player of the year. Um, LaMelo is taking the next step. I think he's an all-star. Gordon Hayward is anchoring that team as a veteran and as a playmaker. And pretty much he does all the little things and can still score 18 points on any given night. Wait a minute. Was that a Lucas Johnson hot take that they would have swept the Sixers? I think they would have. Yeah. That, you know, it is a hot take. I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) Cause they bear the Sixers got that game in overtime without Tyrese hack. So you think Plumlee would have done something to stop and beat I mean, it's another body to throw at him, a bigger yeah. body than P.J. Washington, who they were playing, and yeah. and more experienced body than uh, Nick Richards. Okay. Right. Fair or unfair. I mean, I'm not saying that they would have stopped Joel, but the Hornets' offense would have been clicking a lot more. And oh, the clearly. Sixers were without Maxie in that first game. Right, right. I definitely think they would have been more competitive I think the Sixers, even with those players on Charlotte playing, would have taken taken at least one out of two. I, 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 I'm taking. I'm using Chris's um, pessimism tonight, and I'm I'm not going <laughs> to agree with you on that one. Right. But let's go to the first game though, and we got to talk about it here. Let me hit the swoosh. Hold on. Okay. Speaking of Chris, this is for Chris. This transition. If you're listening, Chris, this is for you. <laughs> okay any anyway um so uriah you 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 were really into this first game here what what did you th- take away from it so here's some things that i took away from that first game first of all it was an ugly first quarter for the mm-hmm. sixers they could not buy a bucket then they turned it around they got hot i think they put up 44 in the second Embiid he ended up having a monster night but i think he was a little inefficient early on just like tonight's game, the bench was pretty mediocre, Lucas. I, I definitely want to see them put more, more. Em- <clears throat> I want to see them put more emphasis on moving the ball. Um, George's Niang still looks to me like he's trying to do a little bit too much, but they did shoot good from three. They shot forty-one percent uh, points in the paint. Just like tonight, Lucas was unacceptable. But you have to talk about Embiid: forty-three points, fifteen rebounds. 15 for 20 field goals. Now, he paid, he played 41 minutes, 
but he was definitely the monster in the middle that the Sixers needed him to be. Uh, Tobias Harris had another solid 21 and 11. Uh, Shake, who's been playing pretty good lately, had had a, a nice uh, a nice starting uh, stat line. He had 16 points, six for eight from the field. But yeah, I, I thought the Sixers they put up a lot of points uh, in overtime, but you know it felt good to get that win because. Because those are games that under Brett Brown we'd have, we would have lost. Mm-hmm. I just, for me personally, first off, Seth did not show up. Three of 11, zero of six from downtown. Did not show up in the first home game, oh, you know, hometown game for him this season. Um, you talk about the bench. Outside of Corkmaz, though, they all shot pretty efficiently. I mean, I mean, Thibault only had two points, but you don't expect much from him. George's shot 50% from the field and 100% from three had seven points. Drummond had six points. Granted, the rebounds could have been more, but, you know, you take what you get. Um, Thibault had a steal. Corkmaz struggled. He was three of nine from the field, zero four, had eight points. Um, but then Isaiah Joe came in, and this yeah. is, you know, three of four from downtown, had nine points in just 12 minutes. Um, so, I mean, the... Danny Green hit I think it was Danny Green that hit a timely shot in this one too actually I think it was one of the tying shots if if I'm not mistaken or maybe I'm thinking of a previous game but um Danny was important in this game down the stretch as well Hey hey quick real real random Danny Green observation uh-huh. what is it with his jog is it me or, or when I watch him jog and the way he moves his arms and elbows it's like he's that guy at the gym, like running inside the the, the inside track with long he, he, socks. like his elbow. He's like his his arms are like are at a ninety yeah. degree angle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. He's always ran like that, though, from what I remember. <laughs> Maybe it's just. I mean, some people have weird gaits when they run. Yeah. At least he's not. Fun joke on the side. At least he's not doing the Naruto run. Which I know, as a as a teacher, you probably heard your students talk about that. Right? I have no idea what that is. It's a it's an anime reference for our anime oh, okay. listeners. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Here. I have no idea who that who. I've never seen an anime in my life. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, that just you, hold up, hold up. You were a college student in the '90s. You had to watch some of the classics from no. Nah, man, I can't. I, I'm sorry to disappoint, but I, if I'm I if I could, confused. I would. If I could, if we could pull up sound bites, I would do the shame sound from Game of Thrones right now on you. So shame. Danny Green should be an anime. We, you know, we should tell that to Dewani. You know, former. You guest. know, the thing is, um, there are anime lovers in the NBA. Like I know uh, Willie Cauley Stein wore Naruto shoes one day when he was on the Kings. But yeah, Dewani. Duani, come back on. Yes. Draw some anime character. Uh, you know, actually, I was going to do a list about that, but that's not the point. Because actually, no, a Bleacher Report did a um, short little like 30-second clip of like um, NBA players dressed up as like drawn as Naruto characters. Okay. Right. And they had Joel as one of the characters too, just for like a split second. I think I put it in our group chat, Slack, uh, our, uh, Slack chat, to be honest. Well, whatever you do, make sure you uh, you send it to me again because I'm I'm interested to see Joel as an anime character. I mean, it, like you, you really only see his face. That was the thing that was kind of disappointing. Like they did other character, other players so good, but like they were like, oh, we're only going to do a close up zoom on Joel's face. I'm just like, 
<laughs> You've done me dirty. Leave your report. Maybe Adam needs to go back on there and you know do the do do the right thing. Yeah. We need to have Adam back on here. Yeah, he I reached out to Adam and he he's got some stuff going on, but he's definitely open to it. Uh he hasn't mm-hmm. has he told me he admitted he hadn't watched many games. Well, he's but, a new father. He he yeah. has all those responsibilities. Yeah. Trust me, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, but and you know, I think yeah, uh, there's someone else we want to have back on. Someone who made a a, a really big transition. We'll, we'll talk about it a little. Bit oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. So let let's switch gears now. Yep. And what we're gonna do right now is, after months of all the Ben Simmons trade talk, we've seen how some teams have ascended in their division. Some teams have squandered opportunities to take advantage of other teams being being without key players because of COVID, et cetera. But the point is, is that there have been a lot of names that we've talked about on this podcast. And what we want to do right now is based on how they're playing right now and how the Sixers are playing, we're going to rank some of the players who have been rumored to be in a trade talk for Ben Simmons. So we're going to give the talent level of nine players, and then we're going to rank them in terms of how they fit with the Sixers and Joel Embiid assuming that Tyrese Maxey stays with the team. All right. So here are the players. And then Lucas, you can give your ranking for talent first. We have, we have Brandon Ingram, big time rumors, New Orleans, but he healed. His name's been out there since the summer. De'Aaron Fox, Pascal Siakam, Jalen Brown, Damian Lillard, obviously, John Wall, Jeremy Grant, and D'Angelo Russell. So, in with those players, Lucas, how would you rank them in terms of just overall talent? Overall talent. So I got Lillard, Lillard one, Brown two, Siakam three, Ingram four, Grant five, Fox six, Russell seven, Wall eight, and Healed nine. Okay. What about right, I'll you? give mine. I'll give you mine. Mm-hmm. Ours was, were pretty similar, and then toward the middle, it kind of got shifted around. For me, I have the most talented players in that list as Lillard at what? Little, ugh, it's a it's a tongue tie, to tie. Yeah, right. So I have Lillard at one, Jalen Brown at two, Brandon Ingram for me is third. Okay. Then for fourth, I have Jeremy Grant. I like Grant. Then I go Russell, Siakam, Fox, Wall, and then Heald. Let, let's okay. talk about it real quick. Um, I mean, it's obvious why Lillard's one and Brown mm-hmm. is two, but give me your your idea about, you know, like maybe what do you disagree with mine on? Okay, well, I I think, I mean, I was tempted to have Ingram at three two. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get me wrong, this was very close between Siakam and Ingram. Both have been injured. Both have been kind of struggling to find their shots. But I'm thinking of them at their peaks earlier in their a little bit earlier in their career. They're still pretty young. They got the chance to get even higher, but. I, I think about it, like Siakam was like a clear number two for a championship team. Ingram hasn't even gotten to the playoffs. So that's, 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 and I'm not like, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Like, I'm not sure if Ingram's a clear number two, especially, especially just based off their peaks. I mean, both made one all-star game, both, you know, have had similar numbers, especially in terms of scoring, but their games are completely different. And I think 
Siakam is a better, higher ranked as a power forward than I would put Ingram as a small forward. Does that make sense? So that's it does. So let, that's, me, let, that's, me that's where... let me retort. Let me retort. Um, he, you took uh, a little shot at Grant in terms of him versus Siakam, but here's what you have to you have to consider. And I know you said he's second best player, a championship caliber team. Well, look who's coaching him, and look at the talent surrounding Siakam. Of course, Fair. he's gonna he's gonna play up to a certain level because he has Nick Nurse as his head coach. You have Grant, who's hasn't had the best head. I coaches. said Ingram, not Grant. Oh, oh, you said Ingram. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, same thing there. You, he doesn't mm-hmm. even have uh, Zion Williamson by his side because Zion just can't stay healthy. And mm-hmm. they've had a revolving door of coaches. I mean, shout out to Willie Green, former Sixer. He's doing the best he can. But I, I think um, Ingram is is definitely like a, a better player, better player. I, I I wouldn't. I don't like. You could convince me. You could make a legit argument, and I would probably be like, okay, that's fine. I'll switch them. Like I'm not set in stone on that. Um, I had Grant as number five, and I think you did too, right? I had him at four. Okay, so you had Siakam five. Okay. No, I had now I that's had, I had I had Russell five. I had Russell higher than Siakam. So you had you had Siakam pretty low. Yeah. Now yeah, why I, do you have Siakam so low? I just don't believe I don't believe in Siakam. You don't, don't believe in I, Siakam? What no, you think, think it was a fluke earlier yeah, early I think on? Yeah, I think he had one good season when Kawhi left, and now we've we've seen him for who he is. He's he's a he's a good player, but he's not better than those players I said. Hmm. Okay, well, I could see the argument with Grant being as good, if not better. It depends. I think Grant's having a down year. I can see the argument there. Russell, I can't. Russell has been too inconsistent. I don't even think he's shooting 40% from the field this season. Now, granted, when he's on, he's fire. Right. But, I, you know, I'm a little concerned about the consistency thing, and he's not really – Outside of his scoring, he doesn't bring much to the team. He's not really a great facilitator, and that's why I have De'Aaron Fox ahead of him. Because okay. even if even if uh, Russell is struggling, even if Fox is struggling with his scoring, I can see uh, he can still get other teammates involved. Yeah. All right. Well, let's and go then to... Wall and Heald we both had at yeah. eight and nine, which yeah. is fine. That's clear. So let's go to fit now. Uh, which players from that list do you think? rank them in terms of their fit with Embiid. Okay, so their fit with Embiid, Lillard 1, Brown 2, Ingram 3, Russell 4, Heald 5, Grant 6, Siakam 7, Fox 8, and Wall 9. All right. Ours is pretty much identical and at the tail end. I have Fox and Wall at the end. Mm-hmm. but And Lillard, obviously, is number 1. <laughs> Call me crazy. I have... I have D'Angelo Russell. I'm going to call you crazy. Second. I'm, I'm going to okay. call you crazy. Right. I'm crazy. I, I, I think he can create his own shot. I think he can he can shoot the three. Um, I think he's a better facilitator than people give him credit. Uh, healed, I go with third because, I mean, you, you can always use another shooter around Joel. Mm-hmm. Ingram, I go fourth. Brown, he's down for fifth, even though he's a much more talented player than than let's say Russell and Heald. But I think Brown needs the ball in his hands a lot, and he <clears throat> he's not going to get as many shots. It'd be the same thing as when he's in in Boston, right? He's not going to get the shots that he feels like he needs. Then I go Grant Siakam and then Fox and Ball. So the end of our okay, so the end of our list. 
Okay. So here's my thing. If we're talking peak Russell when he was on the Nets, okay, I can see the argument there. That makes sense. But since he's left the Nets, he struggled with consistency, especially this season. So I cannot have him at number two. Healed. I love healed. He's a great shooter. Doesn't bring much else to a team besides shooting. And, you know, he does have his spells too, just like Korkmaz. Maybe not as severe, but um, he's only been a 20-point-per-game scorer once. And I'm thinking of these duos like fit, like how much further this duo can bring the Sixers in the postseason. So I have Brown at number two because he's a, he's a, he's not just a regular all-star. He's he's tweening between all-star and superstar. He's He's a special talent when healthy. I don't think that's undeniable, and I think given time, him him and Joel could figure things out. They would need a facilitator, like an act, not a Tyrese Maxey point guard, but maybe more like a Ricky Rubio point guard. Mm-hmm. But it, it could work. Um, and then then I have Ingram number three, just because I I believe in Ingram. He's a playmaker, so he can he can play alongside Joel. Like he can, they can have a two man game that I think would work fine. Um, the defense is there. The offense is there. I, I think, honestly, thinking about it now, I might switch him and Brown, to be honest, just because I think uh, Ingram – yeah, you know what? I would switch him and Brown because Ingram's a more natural playmaker. Right. So I would have uh, Ingram to Brown three. Uh, Russell is still four just because for all the reasons that you said. He's a point guard. He can't – he's around a six to five to six assist a guy, so he can create for others. Um you know, he, he can get hot and stoppable on certain nights. Healed, you know, healed is a sharpshooter. You know, we, we've seen what happens with sharpshooters and Joel. They, they usually have pretty good success. Seth Curry, JJ Redick, Grant. Grant is basically the same type of fit that Tobias Harris is on offense, which mm-hmm. I see as a third option, not a second option. Right. Same thing with Siakam, uh, though I think... I don't know. Siakam and Joel, like, I know they're two really good two-way players. It's just I feel like Siakam would have to be delegated to a third or fourth option there, too. Fox, shooting is shooting for Fox and Wall is, are two major issues, and their ability not to be able to play off ball is also an issue as well. So Yeah, those guys need to get out and run, point blank. Yeah. and that's They would be better fits fit. next to Ben, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So... So yeah, and real quick, the Lillard thing. Um, mm-hmm. You see this quote today? No, I did <laughs> not. What did he? What did he say? He's basically trying to put to rest all these rumors about him being disgruntled in in Portland. He dropped an expletive to let people know that all this stuff is not true. So, mm-hmm. and then between that and then CJ McCollum having a collapsed lung, it's that's why I didn't even include him in the list of of players. Because well, I mean, he could. It's tricky, but I mean, depending on how long it takes him to recover, he could still be a trade piece at the deadline. Sounds pretty uh, serious. Collapse lung. <laughs> I mean, it. It, uh, it is. I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm not saying it's, you know, impossible to come back from. We're going to talk, of course, about none other than the big man himself, Joel Embiid, and his clutch shooting. The last two games, the Sixers into some wins that they had no really any business to be a part of. And that's not the only time this has happened this season. You're right. He he's, he's figured out the mid range game. And if you're going to be a clutch shooter in the NBA, you need to have that mid range shot. 
unless you're Steph Curry, which you're just ungodly at that point. Of course. Um, so, Uriah, let me let me ask you this though: Are we now willing to crown Joel the the clutch king for the Sixers? It's funny. A year ago, I I thought that Tobias should take the last shot for the Sixers, and yeah, I remember had, this take. Yeah, and he had that. He had a nice game winner uh, against LA at home, and you guys made a point that. He shot it over Caruso, which is he had like four or five inches on him. I'm going to have to say that, yes, I'm ready to crown and bead. He had some nice shots last year in the clutch. I'm sure we all remember the game where he hit that three-pointer against Utah at home, and Mm -hmm. that was a a great clutch shot. And then it was a a game against Indiana last year where he just rose up, and I think he he tied the game with a a mid-ranger like you're talking about. Then this year, we talk about the Atlanta game over the weekend, mm-hmm. this past weekend. And then just recently against Charlotte, he's he was just clutch. You give him the ball. And how about that play tonight, Lucas, in the fourth quarter where I don't forget who was who was guarding him, but I think it was P.J. Washington. And Bead squared up, faced up, and he did a jab step, and he blew mm-hmm. right past him, and he just slammed it home. It's, mm-hmm. it's that versatility that he has that enables him to be a threat on the perimeter and in the post. So I'm, I'm going to give him the crown, give him his crown mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, until you get a guy of like uh, actual perimeter creator of a three level scorer, he has to be the clutch player. And it's unfair to ask your seven footer to do that, but he's skilled enough to do it. And honestly, not very many other people on this roster is even capable of creating their own shots. So it, yeah, but I guess that br- brings me into my next point here. Your eye after well, hold on, Joe. Hold on, I want. I do want to add something else. Okay, um, you made some good points. Uh, also, don't forget, Lucas. He's a solid free throw shooter. So mm-hmm. you give him the ball, and whether he's double teamed or not, he can draw a foul. He'll do the swing through. We've seen that a million times. He goes to the line. He's eighty. I think he's down this year with his his percentage, but he's a very good free throw shooter. And he, well, here's the thing. he He's not perfect, obviously. He is turnover prone, mm-hmm. and sometimes he does try to do a little bit too much. But I think as he develops and grows as a leader, he's going to learn from these, these mistakes. And ideally, he will come up more clutch in bigger games, like in playoff series. So that's what I wanted to add. For, for sure. And... Just another thing that I want to add. I know it's not technically 100% related to this, but I do want to say this. Mm-hmm. Um, after the injury that he sustained in the first game against Jonas Valanciunas when he bumped knees, Joel was not looking right on offense. And while certainly COVID is not fun and I don't wish it on anybody, it was a blessing in disguise in terms of allowing his knee some actual time to heal without any game action. We we're still we're clearly starting to see that with his ability to move in games now now that he's back and he's starting to get his legs back underneath of him. Agreed. Um, I, I agree, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Let me ask you this: After Joel, who who would you want on the Sixers to be taking clutch clutch shots? If it's not Joel, who's the next person up? Who? <laughs> I love I I really like Harris, but he's falling down my totem pole at this point. Mm. I'm gonna go after after Joel. I, I will go with Seth Curry. Mm. He has been a forty 
90, well, no, I'm sorry, 50, 90, 40 shooter pretty much all season. Mm-hmm. He has been, I'd say, consistent, except for, I think, the, the first Charlotte game that we talked about. I mean, and he's had his he's had his duds here and there, but he has he has. But I, I think he just has just he has such a smooth stroke when he releases the ball mid range or even from three. Then I should probably say Ty Maxi or Harris. Maxi's come down to earth since some beats come back. Um, Harris has the advantage. He has the height. He has the 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 footwork in, in mid range game. Maxi at this point, Lucas, when he drives to the rim, I'm like covering my eyes i'm thinking this guy's gonna get stumped <laughs> like just blocked but but yeah who would who would you go with the next clutch players so i i wasn't thinking of curry and when you mentioned him it made me have the pause there for a second but i'm still gonna stick with my guns here and i'm gonna actually go with maxi here yes he's in a kind of weird funk right now he's trying to figure out his role I think, honestly, Doc Rivers is not letting him be himself enough, and I think that's a problem, and I think it could ruin him in terms of, like, you know, letting him find his shot because he's not taking enough shots, in my opinion. You need to let Maxi be Maxi. Um, that being said, um, I like you said, he goes to the, anything inside that paint, that little floater. In clutch time, you have to have somebody that can create space with their foot with their speed and nobody does that better on this team than maxi so i, I he has he has the quick twitch speed that curry and uh tobias lack so i'm gonna go with maxi number two and number three i i'm still gonna go with harris because doc rivers is good at drawing him mismatches and then we know for a fact that if given a mismatch harris is going to take advantage of it so uh, it would be Joel Maxi Harris for me, and you're you said it would be Joel Curry, and probably uh, Harris for you then, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. Well, that's fair. But you're right. I I think it's about time for us to wrap this thing up. So do you want to go ahead and play us out like Chris usually would? I'll do my best. So for the people who are listening, thank you for tuning in to the Six or Sense podcast. Please, if you get a chance, subscribe to us. We're on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Play. And you can, of course, go to the website, thesixersense.com. Tune in next time for all Sixers content. We appreciate your listening, and we'll check you guys out next time. Take care. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.